Well, we could have been discussing the number four top grossing film of 1990, but no, we're talking about the 58th. <laughs> we're talking movies. We're talking Edward Scissorhands starring Johnny Depp, Wyona Ryder, and Diane West. Written by Caroline Thompson and Tim Burton, who also directed. So, Chris, you want to play Scissors, Paper, Stone again? <laughs> no, because I always win. But you can't buy the necessities of life with cookies. Hey, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of How'd You Like That Movie? Tonight, we're going to be talking about the 1990 classic film. I think it's classic film by Tim Burton, Edward Scissorhands. And before we jump into that, Scott, can you give a bit of context around that opening where you're like, we could have been talking about the number four, but instead we're talking about the blah, blah, blah. Is there some sand in someone's vagina over there? Oh, my God. Yes, there is. Uh, Because, you know, I'm not saying that the vote was stolen, but, you know. But you're saying the vote was stolen. a minute, a minute like left in the voting period and one movie's a hundred percent over another then all of a sudden <laughs> all of a sudden the results come out i'm you know I, i'm not a you know you're not a I'm conspiracy theorist but you're gonna have to be a I'm bit just, of one i'm just i'm just saying i'm just saying you know sometimes where there's smoke there's fire <laughs> and sometimes that's the burning burning fiery desire of our fan base wanting for us to talk about tim burton's Edward Scissorhands. So, on that note, Scott, <laughs> take us away. Yeah, like, even though nothing about this movie makes sense whatsoever. <laughs> um, Wait, do, do most of Tim Burton's um, films make a lot of sense to you? Some do, right? But in terms of, like, you, you just kind of have to go with it kind of thing, right? Like, obviously, this is, I think, it is a classic film. Um, I don't know if you'd consider this a Christmas movie or not. No, 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 no. Why would it be a Christmas movie? There's almost nothing Christmassy about there, There's snow at some point. Like, that's the closest thing to Christmas. During get... Christmas. Is it during Christmas? Holiday. Yeah, because he's the dad's putting up all the Christmas. Oh, uh, that's right. So, but it's it doesn't take place over Christmas. No, no. It's like three days, four days before. Tim Burton definitely has has uh, some stuff going on with, uh, with the holidays. I, I think he's not a big fan of them. <laughs> sure. But, um, but yeah, like to me, this, this is the movie that made Depp a star, even though, you know. What? It, wasn't, Night- it wasn't Nightmare on Elm Street, part one? I, I would say Crybaby kind of put him like on the radar. But uh, yeah, this was the movie to me that made him a star you know all 150 words he said and all well he would have been you know kind of just like the heartthrob 21 jump street tv guy for the most part like you said like he he does have (laughs) some other roles but this is the first like big leading role um did you did you see who some of the people that were uh looked at for this film though for the the male yeah it, it was i was gonna ask you some trivia questions but i guess you already looked it up right well you can you can still ask me well i was gonna say who lost the role for asking tim burton a question so i think the answer is tom cruise yes lost the role for that uh gary oldman turned it down said he didn't understand it and then after the film came out he said that like within the first two minutes he's like he got it he understood but from the script he's like Man, i don't know doesn't doesn't really work for me uh 
But it was also offered to uh, Michael Keaton, Tom Hanks, and uh, even Jim Carrey. I didn't didn't have Michael Keaton. I had Robert Downey Jr. I had Jim Carrey and Tom Hanks. Yeah. I mean, there was a whole list that the script kind of passed through the hands of. I think think Donnie... Johnny Depp was a, was a great choice. He did a, he does a fantastic job as uh, as Edward in this. Um, and it's now, I don't know. Wait, wait before before we go. Do you know what question Cruz asked to kind of lose it? Was that if we could change the ending and make it happier? No, because he did ask for that too. Yeah, but his one major question was, "How does Edward go to the bathroom?" <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's not ridiculous. It's a good question. In, in and then Tim Burns, like, if you're asking those kind of questions, you obviously don't get it. <laughs> right? Yeah, I think so. this is like a metaphor, and it's like a, a conversation more about like humanity and stuff like that. Like, it's not a literal dude with you know scissors coming down to a, a small suburban community or whatever. But you know, how did he go to the bathroom? Was it just number twos, <laughs> or, or did he but sit did he down? Even... All the time? So that's the other thing. I mean. And you can overanalyze this movie to death as far as that stuff. That's why I like, said, like, this movie doesn't make any sense whatsoever in terms of... Because does Ed, cause Edward, we see him eat, but does he have to? Because isn't he... He's not a human. You, you, you would think for the, what, 50 years that he was up there by himself, he wasn't eating? Unless he was eating cookies. No, maybe maybe he got machine... the cookie machine working. No, because the machines were all like. Also, um, so was Vincent Price like the inventor? Was he selling those cookies, like, or was he just making them so we could, like, so 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 much, uh, you know, philosophical discussion that could come out of this movie? Yeah, like he, um, that was his last role, and he was supposed to have like a way bigger role as well. Yeah, but because I think but, because of his what health problems, he just couldn't yeah. do the shooting schedule. Well, that that exactly. that role was written for him. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the thing like he's uh he's amazing like i love vincent price right do you remember that old ass show that was kind of like the hilarious Sesame? house of frankenstein yeah oh fuck, fuck yeah man that show. the wolfman and stuff like that and like well, igor and dracula hanging out that's what got me into like horror monsters right that was the gateway that was the fucking gateway. Well, and tim burton grew up watching uh vincent price movies and stuff like that like uh he obviously did hilarious house of frankenstein you know what i forgot he was in the 10 commandments though charlton heston which is like i don't like a lot of bible movies but i like that bible movie my grandparents i used to put it on every year at easter to keep the kids entertained right and it's awesome yeah. it's like so much killing and stuff and i forgot that vincent price was in that movie but i mean he was like pit of the pendulum the mask of the red death like he seemed to do a bunch of edgar Allan poe stuff like he has a huge filmography from like basically like the 30s or 40s or something like that all the way up until basically when he died um and i mean he did the narration on thriller well the song thriller not the not the whole album right (laughs) yeah he was it was actually him singing it yeah (laughs) well even actually so speaking of michael jackson michael jackson also showed interest of being edward in edward scissorhand and you know he already kind of looks like edward so maybe and he doesn't need to do a lot of talking what this was 90 yeah he was already so yeah the whiz would already happen by now yeah all right but anyway yeah no continue continue uh but um so go ahead okay so this is not uh have you seen this recently or did you just basically have to catch up on it for our show 
no, I, I watched it for the show. But in, in terms of a conversation you've had a bunch of times on this podcast with our guests too about like nepotism and, uh, you know, people getting jobs that they might not be, you know, for it's just more people they know. Yeah. Do you know how Johnny Depp got the job? Oh, I do not. He was dating Winona Ryder at the time. Oh, I knew he was dating. I so what? He, oh, that's right. Because Winona Ryder, well, was she signed on? Yeah, she was the first one to sign on. And then Diane and Diane Weiss, they were like the first two people like attached to the script. And so what? She yeah. went to Tim Burton. Yeah, and said you should cast Johnny. And he said, "All right, all right." And he did not say no, all right. That, all right. That, that was going to say that was Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> <laughs> How do you think of Johnny Depp? Like, is uh, Edward Scissorhands? All right, all right. <laughs> he's like can he look funny yes Is he, but he went he went meta on this role i was reading up like he never he was wearing that leather suit always underneath and he never asked for water never like complained at one point it was so hot that tim burton himself passed out like he fainted on set because it was so hot well because they were and- shooting they were shooting in um in florida Mm-hmm. Right. So they did like three months of shooting in Tampa Bay and then uh, some, well, between three, three, three and a half months between Tampa Bay and Los Angeles in the studio. So yeah, like Tampa Bay. And it, I'm assuming that Tampa also can get like humid too. I'm not sure, but like it's Florida. Yeah. So we're in a the, leather suit in the hot all day. The one, um, one piece of trivia that I found super exciting here was that, um, those houses are actually a real neighborhood. Yeah. Right. That they paid the residents to paint the house. And they actually, the residents actually ended up living in uh, Walt Disney World for a while, except for one fucking family. Okay. Because they wanted more money than the other people. So <laughs> the, the production people were like, fuck you. And they just shot around the house. <laughs> <laughs> so those people had to stay there probably 100% inconvenience because the, all the crews there. So they could and have like, had my... cash money in their pocket and be staying at Disneyland, sorry, Disney world. But instead yeah. they got stuck in their house with a film crew around them for three months or whatever. Yeah, exactly. That's... That was the thing. Like sometimes, sometimes you just got to take the deal that's there. Right. Our, our producer <laughs> says it's 90% humidity there, 40 degree heat. I hope that's in Celsius. That's got to be Celsius. Celsius too. So that's fucking. That's hot, man. That's so hot. Yeah. Hot and leather. Leatherette. <laughs> <laughs> um, I felt like this is your kind of movie, to be honest. It's it's a good movie. Yeah, well, and it's also like a family movie. It. Like, did you watch it with your kids? I, I watched it with my oldest, and she did have this to say about the film. She she had. Oh, two we're getting criticisms. a quote from Scott's daughter. Yeah, yeah. I think I might start doing it on Instagram because most of the time they ended up watching it. So I'll just do like a thumbs up, thumbs down for them the days like a couple days after. But uh, for this one, I won't because I'm going to say it now. This is what my my daughter had to say. She enjoyed the film. Okay. Two, upset that they never got together. And three, she goes, that's pretty fucking dark for a family movie because there's there's some murder in this movie. (laughs) Well, there's there's uh, an old man dies, and uh, spoiler alert if you haven't seen it, a douchebag gets stabbed in the chest. Now, another thing I was reading about this, I don't know if you did, 
So how did you take that scene with um, Anthony Michael Halls? Which like, one? Like fucking... The ending? Yeah, like like Johnny Depp stabbed him, right? Yes. What do you mean, so how did I take it? it? Like, what did well, I cry or what do you mean? No, no. Apparently, uh, what I was reading, the um, the writer, Carolyn Thompson, stated that in the script, it was supposed to be that hit, uh, Anthony Michael Hall's character accidentally like like kind stumbles of in or something like that yeah like accidentally uh killed himself, out the window right? or something like that well he got speared he, he was supposed to get impaled by the scissors but it was supposed to be something accidental that that character does himself okay but i rewatched it while i watched it when we watched it for this and then i rewatched it again just to see and i'm like i'm pretty sure like he stabs him yeah, like his arm goes back and goes in, right? Yeah, and it's like some Wolverine action. Him. It's like yeah. weapon action to the Shing! window. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, at no point did that look like it was supposed to be accidental. That motherfucker is like, you cost me some a lot. He cost me the love of my life. Fuck well, you. and a whole like, uh, you know, family, friends, and da da da. And you're just kind of a douche. Uh, you know what's funny is that the casting of uh, Anthony Michael Hall, I think, is interesting considering like he. Breakfast Club, 16 Candles and Weird Science. He's known as like, he's always plays like the nerd, like the go lucky nerd in those movies or whatever. And then you've got Tim Burton bringing him back being like, oh yeah, now you're going to be like Johnny Jocko fucking dickhead, right? And I'm like, well played, sir. Well played. And then you did stab you, him up and throw him off a building. Did, did you not watch Johnny Be Good? Sorry? How, haven't you ever seen the movie Johnny Be Good? Uh, I have not. With... Anthony Michael Hall is the lead and he is the jock star that's just going campus to campus trying to get recruited. Uh no nope. Robert Danny Jr. is in it, Uma Thurman. Watch it. It's really good. What is that is that around that time period, like late eighties? Yeah, yeah. Interesting. It was like late eighties, early nineties. Like he had uh, it was either before or after because he has the same build, like the more muscular build. Well, yeah, because in like 16 Candles, like when he's doing all that John Hughes stuff, he's young, right? Like he's working mm-hmm. with like John Cusack and Joan Cusack and 16 Candles. And I mean, he's like, what, 15 in Weird Science or something like that, right? So. Yeah, that's one of my favorite movies. I love fucking Weird, Weird Science. Weird Science is great, man. Paxton's <laughs> in it. Like. Um, I was going to say, speaking of Cusack, you know, he was. He was also writer's character. Yeah, Caroline, that's who she said she didn't picture but visualized as uh like yeah, when she was Johnny writing the B. screenplay Good was 88. Yeah, Johnny B Good was 88 and uh Edward Scissorhands was uh 1990. Yeah. So same build. And then uh Laura Dern was the one she visualized actually for um for Giant Weiss role? No, for uh Winona Ryder's role. Oh, yes, yeah, 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 because she would have been younger. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, yeah, like, it's just how like... How old do you think Laura Well, because I'm thinking of, like, Laura Dern now, right? But you're like, yeah, I could I could totally see that. They've got kind of, like, um, you know, same kind of, like, very feminine structures. But, you know, one of the things that, and I'm sure Tim Burton would agree with me, is that, like, I was noticing this today, is that something about Winona Ryder, like, she's pretty, but she's not, and this is super misogynist, but like, she's not hot, right? Like, it's one of those things where you're like, she's got a bit of an interesting look to her. And I could see how Tim Burton would enjoy working with her aesthetic, right? Like, you know, even in Beetlejuice and stuff, it's 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 the frame of her face. It's it's fairly angular and stuff. And she just, she like I said, she's pretty, but in a, kind of this like almost offbeat way, you know? 
Um, no, I'm going to disagree with you. Okay, well, so. you're wrong. I mean, <laughs> what? So, okay, so the couple think, so the, the films I've got, the films that I've got that I actually like Winona Ryder in are like Mermaids. Again, she's like girl interrupted, even the fucking Crucible. Mm-hmm. Like, she is like that. She was kind of that 90s, like offbeat, like not offbeat to the level of like punk rock or something, or even goth. Like, you're not going to cast her in like the craft, but just sort oh, of so like. You, you, go ahead. You didn't like her in Beetlejuice? Yes, yeah, you didn't was, like her in Heathers. She's offbeat in all of those fucking movies, man. What uh, about Dracula? <laughs> or uh, what is it? Reality Bites. Like again, oh, she's that like was the, the next one. I, was I know. <laughs> because what about that, Alien Resurrection. <laughs> are we, we? We just you just like rattling off her filmography over there, or what? Actually, the one movie I do like that she's in, right? Because it just seemed like uh, she was having like a shit ton of fun in it. Was Mr. Deeds. Yes. I mean, it looks like everybody was having a lot of fun in that movie. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Adam Sandler was making fucking bank, so I hope he was having a good time. Um, <laughs> you know, and what I like about this is, like, I think Johnny Depp is really well cast. I mean, I like Johnny Depp. Uh, some of my top Johnny Depp films are, like, Donnie Brasco, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, Rango, and Blow. Like, those are all great. It's almost like everything, mm-hmm. I, and I don't know if all of those are officially pre-Pirates of the Caribbean, but it's, like, before Not Pirates of, of the Caribbean... Johnny Depp had some range. He would play all these different characters and he was great. And it's almost like he plays a lot of the same, like fucking goofy characters now after the fact. And I mean, I'm sure people are going to tweet at me and tell me I'm a fucking idiot. And I don't know what I'm talking no, about. No. But... Well, it's, well, no, I'll, I'll just tell you, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> you don't have to wait for tweets. You don't have to wait for Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Buddy, it's instantaneous, man. I'll call you too. It doesn't have to be video. I'll send you a text. <laughs> I'll fucking send you a letter in the mail. That's how committed to this fucking burn action I'm going to do. Uh, but it was funny because like, I didn't even think you were going to do it. Cause I had like my top five that performances too right um the only one you had the same as mine was donnie brosco yeah so what's on your list then you didn't like him in blow no uh benny and june benny and june is good gilbert grape gilbert grape is good yep uh then edward scissorhands i liked him in this and then uh sands in once upon a time in mexico oh yeah 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 I mean, those are good films. Again, I'm just like, I picked, I, and I mean, I wanted to pick stuff that maybe, um, that I think that I really like. IMDb? What's that? That were number one page (laughs) on his IMDb. Yeah, this one, this one, this one. The top five Johnny Depp movies. Number five. Spread them out, each one by five years. I really like Rango, though, man. I think Rango's a fucking amazing animated film. Maybe, actually, we should do fucking Rango. We actually need to start doing more. Uh, animated films on this uh, on this podcast because there's some really great stuff out there. Well, I was well, I was gonna save this for later. Um, like later tonight, or like what do you? No, mean no, later? like later in terms of a question because I did have a question for you. Okay. Um, I just wanted to know what your childhood was like. My childhood? Yeah, yeah, because you know we've done three three family films. Yep. Uh, and all three of them have been your choice. Uh, in which all three were this film, A Nightmare Before Christmas, and Beetlejuice. So <laughs> did you not watch anything other than Tim Burton for family films? Well, first off, I'm, I'm, uh, I may or may not be a little bit older than you. Uh, so I also watched some of those movies with my daughter. Um, like A Nightmare Before Christmas got watched a lot with my daughter. 
Um, and then as far what was my family upbringing? Uh, it was the eighties and the early nineties. So it was a lot of like, come home and make yourself some food. Cause your parents are at work. So, uh, yeah, but I'm like, you know, there's Christopher Columbus. You could have thrown him. Like we could watch one of his movies. Christopher Columbus. Right? Yeah. Chris Columbus director of family fucking movies. Yeah. But I don't really like family movies in general. Right. So <laughs> but, yeah. Cause you always fucking go back to Burton. I can't <laughs> wait for our next family film. Mars attacks. <laughs> I like Mars attack. Uh, I, I mean, figure. <laughs> so, okay. That's funny. So uh, what, what Tim Burton films do you like? Like you got uh, a couple off the top of your head. Yeah. I, I like uh, sleepy hollow. Mm-hmm. Sleep. I think sleepy hollow is like a perfect film. Like for Burton, it's like, it's this perfect time in his career where he's got all the things he needs to do. It's super dark still. Like he hasn't got into doing like Charlie and the chocolate Fa- factory or Alice in Wonderland with the brighter colors and stuff. It's like super. And it's very, very Gothic. I mean, it's a Gothic story, but like, I love it's, it's one of my favorite Tim Burton films. So keep going. Uh, Batman. Yeah. The original one, like just the first one or. Yeah. I, I liked, uh, actually. Yeah. I like, I like both. Like, fucking batman returns is like super fucking dark oh with uh with the penguin and all that type of stuff yeah yeah like think about it like they threw him in the basket and this was a kid's film that mcdonald's was selling toys to and which at one point danny devito's penguin is literally telling christopher Watkins that he's pretty much gonna rape his secretary <laughs> and it's a family film <laughs> right i, I think he's I think uh, so. Stan Winston, who did uh, all the FX, uh, like the the knives and stuff like that for Edward Scissorhands, uh, he worked on Batman Returns. I think he did the all the prosthetics for mm-hmm. uh, the the suit as well. I mean, he's worked on a bunch of Tim Burton stuff. Uh, he worked on Big Fish. He worked on Batman Returns. But then he also worked with some other big filmmakers, like James Cameron on Terminator mm-hmm. One, Two, Aliens, Avatar. Mr. Spielberg uh, on Jurassic Park and a bunch of other films. Uh, this guy was like the heavy hitter of like FX dudes back in the day. You know what I mean? But he died super young. He died at like 68 years old. Anyway, back to your favorite mm-hmm. Tim Burton mills. I kind of cut you off there. So yeah. Yeah. Um, Batman returns you liked or yeah, yeah, I did like that as well. Like I have a soft spot for Pee Wee's big adventure. That's kind of his breakout film. What well, is his breakout film? Like, I mean, yeah, um, that was his first well, and so I was reading like about the, the fact. So Danny Elfman, I think, has scored every one of his films or almost all of them. And actually, it was with. Uh, so Danny Elfman was doing a bunch of like stuff with his brother's theater company. And I, the name eludes me at this time. Uh, and uh, Tim Burton and Paul Rubin, Pee Wee, were big fans of this theater company. And that's how they got kind of hooked up with working with Danny Elfman and then Danny Elfman has like I said he's gone on to work well Danny Elfman's super famous composer uh but has worked on like all his films and stuff like just this these weird interactions that kind of happen and then you can have like an entire career working with someone you know what I mean yeah no 100 percent like if you haven't listened to our uh Mean Girls episode go back and you, you can you, there's literally like a 15 minute spiel there where it's Chris trying to get a job with our guest it's <laughs> super awesome <laughs> um speaking of batman returns so i have a a note to myself as well it's like so again 
Tim Burton works with a lot of the same people. He works with like Johnny Depp, uh, you know, depending on who he's dating at the time, Helen Bonham Carter's in his films, you know. Um, but yeah, he also worked with the same DOP, director of photography, uh, Stephen Stefan Zerpesky, uh, who also worked on like Ed Wood and like I said, Batman, uh, Batman Returns. I, have you seen Ed Wood? Ah, it's okay. I mean, it's kind of like, like not, talking yeah. about like one of the biggest... I wouldn't even is he B movie more like C movie directors B movie for well, sure yeah it's supposed to be like one of the worst films ever made or I think we should do we should spend a month just pick a random month and just go through four four what the, four of the worst films ever made deemed the worst films ever made and just have to watch them hey i'm down with it hey anybody listening uh if you've got some shitty films you think we should review definitely uh tweet us out um so yeah, I mean, this film did well. It uh, did twenty million at the. It did. It cost twenty million to make, eighty six million at the box office. I'm sure it's made more in licensing fees and stuff like that going forward. Uh, how'd you like the length? It's like an hour and forty five minutes. Did it feel okay? I always feel like yeah. movies from that period are like the pacing feels a bit slower, but it's probably because I have like ADD most of the time. So no, I thought the pacing for this was was well done, right? And it kind of like just honkered back to like the aesthetic they're kind of going for right in terms of the 1950s uh that would be like, like 1970s bud early 70s late 60s early 70s you look at the cars you look at the style that's not the 50s okay they 60s. didn't have shagging wagons in the 50s <laughs> not that, like that, that. Wasn't it. i would say 60s then. that's not that's not 1960s if it, it, it it could be late 69, but I'm pretty sure there's like a gremlin in there. And I don't mean like the creature. I mean the car, which I believe is a, it didn't, doesn't come out until the 70s. So, but anyway, oh, you know. sorry, not, not, always, like not all of us are old like me. Right. So, yeah, it's not like, you know, people made mistakes because they're like, you know what? It's only going to be in theaters. No one's ever going to see this again. Well, and you know, I was, when I was looking at the aesthetic, it's like, so first off, it's, it's obviously very Tim Burton. It's in like that That, early Tim Burton. Art Deco. Art Deco. Um, But the color scheme on the houses almost made me feel like a cross between Tim Burton and Wes Anderson. Like that surreal kind of coloring. Even some of the camera work, like a, like a, the way they would like zoom in really fast on things. And, Almost like forced perspective changes where things look like even the opening scene where the little girl's in the bed, that bed looks, the room looks like kind of odd shaped and she looks so little in this. It's not a big bed, but it looks like just the perspective around her and stuff like that. So they did a lot of really Mm -hmm. cool camera work to give it this kind of like, like I said, a surreal environment. And it it felt very Burton, Wes Anderson kind of combination. Again, mostly because of the extra color scheme, right? Yeah, like the thing with this film as well, like kind of the thing that I, I kind of forgot when I, I always thought for some reason until rewatching it was that they did end up together like later on, but, but not, yeah, but not, but then I started thinking, I'm like, oh, maybe, maybe it was like your obsession with Timothy Chamblain. And his Super Bowl commercial. I was gonna say, plays. I'm like this fucking guy. He, that's a, and you know what's so? It's again. I watched, so I rewatched the Super Bowl commercial for Cadillac, and I'm like, this is a good commercial. He's doing a good job, but fuck, I don't want to look at this guy. And I just finished having an entire rant in it through an episode about this fucking dude, and bang, he's back in my in, in my in my crosshairs again. 
That's what I'm saying. I think you you protest too much. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Is it kind of like the John Oliver thing with Adam Driver, but like a, like a like a hate love instead of a love hate kind of thing? Well, not really. Like at least John Oliver did it good, right? In which you know he would just like make the random like is it pseudo-sexual is it not is it hateful is it not you're just straight out like i think this guy's fucking ugly and i hate him <laughs> but i can't stop staring at him <laughs> and i can't stop watching his movies <laughs> i just can't stop <laughs> so my quote but... this week is from uh mark lee of the daily telegraph in the uk burton's modern fairy tale has an almost palatable personal feel it is told gently subtly and with infinite symphony 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 sympathy sorry for an outsider who charms the locals but then inadvertently arouses their baser instincts and i mean that's such a great quote i mean because the fact that both tim burton and uh danny elfman have said this is their most personal film up to date uh tim burton basically wrote this about like kind of being sad growing up in suburban california and being a bit of an outsider right and so uh, they kind of he wrote a bit of a treatment for it on uh, while he was working on um, Beetlejuice, uh, mm -hmm. and then you know handed it off to uh, Caroline Thompson for uh, script writing or whatever. But yeah, like it is, it, it's got it's weird. Like I I like it. It's really well done. It's it's like it's rewatchable, but it's not something I would I get excited to go rewatch all the time. Like say like. Mm. Uh, uh, goodwill hunting or something like that which i could watch all the time um but it's really well done and it you can feel it's got an emotional gravitas to it you know what i mean yeah like i think the thing too since this is early burton like you see a lot of stuff that are gonna come in the future too yes in terms of the aesthetics like that oogie boogie guy is like a statue in the house right well, yeah, and, and like even like all the machinery kind of looks like like the mouth and the eyes of things, and yeah, like you you can see that style developing, right, and, and starting mm -hmm. to come into his filmmaking or whatever. Uh, so, I would actually I would really recommend this to like if you, first off if you like Tim Burton you're and you haven't seen this definitely go watch it it's it's going to be right up your alley. Um, if you want kind of like a, a like a family movie but. That has a bit of, well, not a bit of a message. It has a message behind it. It's going to, it could get your kids having some talking points about like people being outsiders and how we treat people and stuff like that. Like, I think it's, I think it's really good. I think it's a, it's a really good film to watch and enjoy. Um, yeah. Like, I mean, it's not going to be my like rush out to the theater kind of film, but it's well done. The special effects are amazing. Like the way they did all his makeup and stuff was really great. You know what I mean? Yeah, I was going to say, it's it, it's 31 years, so I don't think you can really rush out to <laughs> to, to go watch it. Well, even theater. if it was playing at, say, like, I don't know, the Apollo Cinema or the Princess Cinema in Kitchener-Waterloo, like, I probably wouldn't go see it on one of their big screens, hopefully opening again soon. Um, you know what I mean? It's like, no Die Hard. It's not Die Hard. <laughs> it's not die hard. No, that's true. Um, it's got, uh, and I, I know we were picking on Dick Tracy, but... Doing some of my research, because Dick Tracy, they like they ended up at the Oscars at the same time in 1991. So it actually lost Best Makeup to Dick Tracy. I forgot Dick Tracy got nominated for like fucking 10 Oscars or something like that. I was pretty sure it was a horrible fucking movie. That said, yeah, but in that terms said of Good makeup, Godfather 3 was also at the same Oscars, I believe. So, Yeah, but in terms of makeup, like they did 
like Al Pacino is kind of unrecognizable, right? And oh, some of the I'm not disagreeing guys. that they shouldn't like that the, the makeup like, award. Yeah, but it was nominated for a bunch of other Oscars too, and I was like, really? I, I'm pretty sure it was a shit fucking movie. So we're gonna have to, we, I, I'm gonna have to go back and look at that. Or you know, just maybe somebody will vote for it for shitty films, and we, we can, can we can watch it with it. a watch it with a mission. Um, <laughs> watch it with a purpose. <laughs> you, who would you recommend this to? Um, I would say if you have a child that's kind of, yeah, like offbeat, not offbeat, but you know, you know, that's the thing. Like nowadays, like if you have a kid that's like, you know, I'm not like anybody else or, you know, that's just kind of self-conscious. I think this, like you said, it does have a good message there in terms of, Hey, just be your own. Like find your own beauty in your own, in your own world, right? Like everybody's different, but everybody has gifts, kind of thing. And then, yeah, like families. I wouldn't. And then, that's about it, right? Like if you are a fan of Winona Ryder from Stranger Things, and you want to, you know, go back her her catalog, I would say this one. Or, or Johnny Depp, or sure. like any any of those people. Yeah, anybody. Um, do you have any, like, was there any specific scenes or shots that you really liked? Uh, there's three scenes that I like the most. Okay, go. Lay them out. All right. One is the waterbed scene. <laughs> and this is Wait, the literally... first one or the, like, yes, later the one? the first when... one. Oh, okay. The first one. Because this is why this, this movie makes no sense. So he pokes the water. The water comes out. He puts a toy. Yes. Like a stuffed animal on top of it. The next scene is him getting tucked into that bed. I know, I know, I know. So what happened to that leak? It's the magic of uh, of movies, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> that stuffed animal stopped it. So, so that's your first one? Yeah, like, I like that. But I also like how he was looking at the water after, like, his facial expressions. Like, he did an amazing job in terms of facial expressions on this film. The other one is the... Um, the diner scene right after the hair the hairdressing scene yep when he he just sits down just says what happens and then he was like yeah and then this lady <laughs> showed took off all her clothes and then you see the two women <laughs> like just shocked as shit but the father just keeps on going <laughs> like yeah, yeah, not yeah. Even, like he's in his own world he's just like yeah man you know that's gonna be good now you gotta go to the bank like he just keeps on going kind of thing <laughs> So I, I thought he did at that. That was one of my favorite scenes. Yeah. And that's then, uh, what was that? Alan Arkin has placed the father. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought his, the lemonade scene was the other. like. Fucking... <laughs> well, I, I, I like the, the lemonade scene. And then when he goes to, to chick's house and she's, he's like, she's like, here, do you want something to drink? He's like, what is it? She's like lemonade. And he's like, lemonade. Yeah. <laughs> and he pukes on the ground. Um, I really like, I mean, there, I like all the stuff with Vincent Price right off the bat. Like, just Vincent Price's, like, his voice and his mannerisms and the way he's like, and he, you know, raises his eyebrows and gets bulgy eyes and stuff. Like, so he he does great in all his stuff. Um, but I like a lot of the POV stuff they do. So you're seeing it from Edwards when he, when it, when, um, uh, Diane West, uh, Peg, when she's putting the makeup on him. 
So first off, that whole and it, she basically turns him purple with the lavender and stuff. But the way they shoot it is you're seeing it from his POV, and so she's putting the makeup on, and then we pivot around and we see it kind of like over the shoulder or whatever. And he's just like, first he's too white, then like I said, they make him purple or whatever. And it's just it, it's it was really fun. I, it made me kind of laugh out loud or whatever. So that was a good scene. I like yeah, it was just it looked like it was just the two shots were done separately and they just cut them together kind of thing. That's, that's how you do those. That's how you would shoot that. <laughs> you don't actually go back and forth. You shoot one scene and then you edit them together, Scott. That's a hundred percent. I think you can do it. Yeah. You could you use a two camera. Sure. You could use a two camera setup, yeah. which they may, might've done that as well. But um, yeah, no, other than that, you got, you got anything. Uh, no, that's all for me. Uh, like I said, I'd recommend it. It was good. It's got a solid rating. It's got a 90, a 90 from the critics. It's got a 91. Um, yeah, if you like classic Tim Burton and you haven't seen it, check it out. If you have seen it and it's been a long time, give it another watch. That's all for me. And that is our rant for the day. Please like and subscribe to this podcast. You can also reach us and interact with us on social media at how do you like that one or email us at how do you like that movie at gmail.com. The other scene I liked was that, uh, that, that like basically Peg Bundy character early in the film when uh, she's got the, the, dishwasher. the dishwasher repair guy over. And those she's little like, I hear you guys are lower. Entendres, like, of like, you know, it'll uh, it'll fit in there. You don't have to f- just force it or whatever. And she's like, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> force oh, when, it he, when she was like, yeah, I, I read the, I saw the commercial, you know, where they said you repair guys are lonely guys you know housewives are lonely too but you know they don't make commercials about us <laughs> production by rod shaver vader monkey productions